Welcome to Life on the Watercrest Line. In this series, we follow the activities of the line throughout the year. We go behind the scenes and see all aspects of the operation. In the summer of 2018, I met with Becky Peacock at Ropley to talk about the Canadian Pacific Restoration Project. A year has now passed and we're meeting again at Ropley to discuss progress. In part two, we talk about progress with the boiler and the restoration of the bullet-designed carriages. This is taking place at Ropley. I'm with Becky Peacock. Well, a little over a year ago, we talked about the Canadian Pacific project. Yes. How's progress on the boiler? Oh, so the boiler is, again, it's, it's come on leaps and bounds. And we were test-fitting plates of the inner firebox last time. Now, we've got a nearly complete inner firebox built in our boiler shop. So the foundation ring was taken off, which is where the inner firebox is bolted to. All of the inner firebox plates, the throat plate, tube plate, back door plate, which is where the firehole door sits, were then bolted to that. The top of the inner firebox was then tacked in place and the two thermic siphons were then put up and tacked in and we've now welded those into place. So the diaphragms have been welded into the throat plate. So that started to look like an inner firebox. And that's actually been quite good because most people don't understand where the thermic siphons sit in the inner firebox. So we've been able to teach people where they sit and what they look like and actually talk about the use of them because it's hard to talk about something you never see. You know, people don't quite understand if you can't see it, what it does. And we've got one side of the inner firebox tacked into place and currently one of the boilersmiths is just finishing the cutting for the other side to be tacked into place so we're, we're so close to a put together in a firebox and then we've got two months of welding to do so it's not over yet but it's it's that pivotal moment when that last side goes on that we can actually see that we've done it we, we've got it here we've just got to weld it together and then we're looking at january next year of dropping the completed inner firebox into the boiler and then just a lot of months of putting in 2,200 stays, which no one is looking forward to at all. It is the most boring task imaginable, particularly when you have that number to do. So I think they're working shifts is the last thing I heard and probably cursing my name as goes along with it. So these stays, which you've had an appeal for? Yes. And how successful has that appeal been? The total number of stays comes to around, in money, about between £15,000 and £55,000. was what they will cost us. And we've raised about £35,000. So it's actually been quite successful. We're still running the appeal, so we're still getting money that comes in that helps us to purchase those. And ultimately, we'll do another push when it comes close to the time when we've got that welded in a firebox. And people can actually see what the stays are going to be doing. The difficulty is at the moment they get the principle, but it's taken so long since the time we initially did that appeal to where we are now, which is where we are going to start needing them from January to, to put the inner firebox in place. And there are different types of stays, so it's not just one type of stay we need to purchase. And so we can start talking about those, and it's a little bit more tangible when people can see things moving. 
I presume those stays have to be specially made. Yes. So um, you can make them on a CNC machine. Uh, we don't have one of those here, so we order them in. We could get our machine shop to make them on our machines here, but we usually get them ordered from an outside company because we want to use the machine shop here for more of the specialist parts, the parts that are one-off, whereas a CNC machine can quite happily make thousands worth of stays and it will be happy to do that and it doesn't matter. Uh, whereas, you know, the one-off parts that seem to come off Canadian Pacific, as we are currently dealing with at the moment in the machine shop, they need someone who knows what they're doing and, and can deal with whatever could be thrown up at that moment. But good progress. Very good progress, yes. It's, it's all started to kind of come together. We've turned that point of ripping the locomotive apart to now putting it together. And we can all start to see what it's going to look like when it comes back into service. And we're on that downhill slope to the finish line. The boiler is going back to Eastleigh in November next year. So we're not actually that far away. And then we've got those few months to put the whole thing together and get it back here to Rockley because it's got to do a full year's worth of events and service and we want it here as early as possible to run the most earliest events we can. It needs to be back working properly. It's booked to be running in 2021? Yes, yes it is booked. It will be, even if I have to push it myself, <laughs> it will get here. It, it, it will. We can see the finish line. It's no longer it's going to be two, three years. There, it's now deadlines where people go, I've only got a year to complete this. You know, better pull my finger out and, and do it. And it's it's a little bit more pressure now. We, we need to get on it, need to get it finished and, and get it out because everyone wants to see it. And it's a long time to have spent building a locomotive. Although compared to the Uri Locomotive Society's 506, which took 18 years. Oh, I don't think I'm doing too badly. Uh, however, I don't really want to spend 18 years building Canadian Pacific. <laughs> Out of interest, when they were originally built, how long did it take to build one? So she was, uh, she started to be built in around October, November, and she was out in service in January 1942. So not long. But yeah. then there was a huge production line oh, yes. and each element had its own department that would deal with it. We're dealing here, although we've got Canadian Pacific as a merchant navy and we've got two West Country class, Swanage and Weybridge, all of which are bullied Pacifics. Although there are similarities between the West Country and the merchant navy, in essence, we have three different locomotives that we're dealing with because each one will have had a slight different adaptation or change throughout its life and this is the thing we've learned with Canadian Pacific that we might have the plans for the Merchant Navy class and for Canadian Pacific it doesn't mean she looks like it's supposed to be on her plans because things got adapted through time and none of those were noted on the plans so you're basically dealing with something that looks completely different from what you've got in front of you on a bit of paper. So those are the original plans? Yes. So in fact the chain drive, for example, would be on those original plans. So you'll have the 1941 plans with yep. the chain driven valve gear and the 1959 ah. plans with the RG Jarvis's conventional yep. standards. So you have two sets of plans. Right. It, it still looks different from the 1959 plan because they still adapted them. You can have a set of plans, there's no guarantee that the guys on the workshop floor are going to follow them completely because they're going to go, well, this works better. 
we'll just do that, shall we? And <laughs> just not tell anybody. And that's the same thing. One of the things we found, because Canadian Pacific is one of the set of the first five, there were things that were done to her that none of the others that survive have had done to them. There are slight differences in them. It does make it a little bit more difficult because you can go and ask someone else what they did. There's no guarantee you can use the same method because they might not be the same. The same thing applies with the standard fours. So we've got two standard fours here, 75 and the 76 standard four. Now standard is they're supposed to be identical. They're not because the guys on the workshop floor changed things as they started to build them. So none of them are exactly the same. There'll be slightly different adaptations, which mean you have to deal with them differently. And some locomotives were built in multiple local workshops. Yeah. So I, I love this principle of let's get all of the same type of locomotive because it'll make life easier. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> it doesn't at all. So good news on Canadian Pacific. How about the carriages? Carriages have progressed as well. So bullet carriage number 1456 is being currently painted. So she's in the process of being painted, ready for service. Uh, the seats are all in. The lights are on at the moment because it, it's all been set up for people to go on it for the gala this weekend. So the lights are on, which is a, makes it a huge difference. Got mirrors up as well. So it's, it's really starting to come together and really looking like a finished carriage. The luggage racks are not in there at the moment just because they need chroming. So they're off with the chromers at the moment, but they'll go in. It's been a long process. And one of the things that has always been said is, oh, it, it's taken forever. And I think the problem with that is that it's taken forever because everyone only ever sees the outside. The outside hasn't changed in ages because once you've put the panelling on, there's nothing else except for painting it that needs to be done. So all of the work has been internal. So when you walk people through the carriage shed, they just see the outside. They never see the countless man hours that have gone into putting trim round windows and all of that had to be made bespoke because originally they have blinds and we're not putting the blinds back in so we couldn't use any of the old window trim because there would have been a gaping hole so we've had to make all new window trim all new seats are made as well or they're all new mirrors it all adds up and i think what I'm really excited about especially for this gala is to get people on board the carriage and show them the countless man hours and the skill level of the carpenters we have here and the detail that they've put into every element of that carriage and something to be really proud of. You could turn out a carriage really quickly, doesn't mean it's going to look good. They're, they're trying to make it as, as amazing as possible to really say that, look, here at the Midhams Railway, this is the sort of stuff we turn out. I'm hoping people will be excited to see it, as excited as I am to show it off as well. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. That's, That's been right. very helpful. And I hope that we'll have another catch-up sometime. Yes. <laughs> when it's all nearing completion. At which point I'll probably be a nervous wreck. <laughs> I've seen the carriages and I can attest to the skills shown in their restoration. This podcast is published by the Mr. T Podcast Studio.